0: com for premium coffee with real impact.
1: And as always, that link is in the show notes. Happy coffee drinking, sisters, and let's just all agree that girls run the world. Welcome to OK Sis. We are two cultural observers and curious minds who happen to be related. I am Scout. And I am Maddie.
0: Get ready for some serious sororal energy as we chat about and comment on one another's current fixation of the week. Okay, sis. Welcome to Okay, Sis.
1: We are currently delirious. It's 9 o'clock, 9.15 at night.
0: It is so late.
1: This We're like grandmas. We go to bed so early. I know. This is like pushing it, pushing the limit here.
0: Really pushing it.
1: Um, But we just had an amazing interview with Carson. You guys are going to (sighs) absolutely love her. Oh, she's
0: like a glowing goddess, little, like like an angelic doll. Yes, she is. You know what I mean? Oh, God. You guys are going to love the interview.
1: Okay, but before we get into it, we wanted to introduce a segment we're going to be doing every week, which is Word of the Week.
0: Yeah, Scout and I want to expand our vocabulary in hopes of, you know, being more eloquent
1: in this podcasting journey. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're always learning. We're always bettering ourselves. And it starts with vocabulary and so being able to express ourselves in adequate ways. Yes. Okay. So the
1: word of this week is sororal, which means of or like a sister
0: or sisters. So you've heard this word in our intro. You probably were like, what the fuck does that mean? Um, and now you know. So think like Sorority. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other words that have sor- like the prefix yeah, of sororal. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's the only <laughs> iteration that's been popular in in our culture. But um yeah, so sororal, so it's a it's an adjective, right? It's an adjective. So we act sor- sororally.
1: No, that doesn't work. That might actually work. I'm not sure. Wait, wait, but
0: like we our, are sororal. Our banter is sororal. Yes. We have sororal banter. Yes.
1: Yes, that's perfect.
0: What a beautiful word! You know, it's really hard to say, but when you get the hang of it,
1: it's kind of cool. It feels great. I'm surprised that it hasn't been used more. Where did you stumble upon this word?
0: Um, It was actually, I was posting a picture for your birthday about like four years ago, like very long time ago. Um, I was posting a picture for your birthday on Instagram, and I wanted to be pretentious and annoying and i was like looking up the, the, synonyms. The, the synonyms for like sister and i saw sororal and i was like i, I was like happy birthday to my sororal person or so i don't even know what it was it was really and now four terrible. years later
1: it's back in action. it's back in action
0: still as pretentious as, as ever but it's was okay like, let's
1: talk about being sisters
0: yes What's um, your
1: favorite part about
0: me so you are probably the most loyal person I know. You're so you know, you're there for every single person in your life night like any time of the day, any time of night, any situation, any like state of mind. I feel like I could call you like crying or call you with like such happy news and it's just like you're really good at at um providing advice and Like the exact words that I need to hear in that moment. I think you have a really good knack for that. And you're also good at just like leveling it with me, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, like you're, you're, yeah, you're super loyal. You're also just like such a grounding, calming force. I am the entire opposite. (laughs) So, if you guys haven't noticed by now. So, it's nice to have that yin and yang. I feel like as as we were growing up as well, I felt like that was always the dynamic between us.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, thanks, Mads. That was so sweet. You're welcome. I loved it. Um, my favorite thing about you is you have this contagious energy Um, you never take yourself too seriously. You don't take life too seriously. And you kind of always remind me to kind of just take a deep breath and not be so serious or in my head. Mm -hmm. You kind of remind me to enjoy the moment, to kick back and laugh. And when you walk in a room, like your presence is so known, (laughs) partly because you're really loud, but also (laughs) partly because you have this infectious energy that is like, so people are drawn to you. Um, you have a positivity about you. That's really hard to come by. Scout. Yes, that's us as sisters. That's us. Do you have, like, any funny story of you and I growing up? Um,
0: I remember I beat you up. Yeah, you did that a few (laughs) times.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We would have, like, wrestling matches, and you literally would win every time. Yeah, because
0: I'm very strong. I'm not. Um, what are the things growing up? Um... I mean, I just, again, I, I said this before, like, I just feel like we were always in the pool.
1: We were always in the we pool. We were
0: always in the pool. We were always on a boat. We, also we were twinning the twinning a
1: lot when we were little. What? Twinning. Heather would, our mother would put us in matching outfits a lot.
0: Oh, yeah. All the limited two, all the gap. No,
1: never limited two. Oh, sorry. Only gap.
0: Oh, sorry. I just, oh, I, I, beca- I was a limited two girl for a while.
1: For a hot second, I yeah. judged you so hard. I know when you, you were, were limited so, too. You were
0: so mean to me. I it's so weird because like you were never mean to me. Like you were obsessed with me. You loved me so much. But then there was this one year that you where wore. you literally told me I looked so ugly in in limited two. And I you
1: wore head to toe pink, and I literally wanted to puke everywhere.
0: Yeah, and then I had my juicy tracksuit that I wore every day.
1: That I begged mom to buy me for years, but she wouldn't. And and she wouldn't she just bought you one like off the fly. Yeah, because
0: I was the favorite child.
1: You were the baby.
0: Yeah um yeah no i i didn't take that off that's for sure <laughs> i wore it every day <laughs> i definitely got the money's worth
1: yeah that's true i mean juicy sweatpants are the comfiest sweatpants yeah you can get them at nordstrom's rack for super cheap are you talking about are you talking about today are you talking about now yeah i'm talking about right now oh except they always have the lettering on them and i just want the plain gray ones oh. or black ones. i don't think
0: they don't i don't think they make that why would they make that that's the whole point is is the logo I mean, not anymore. I know all
1: the Juicy Couture sweatpants I have are just regular plain. Oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, I never oh. got the ones with the text on them.
0: Oh. Okay.
1: Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> We're oh the God. yin and yang sisters.
0: Um, Does anyone out there know the band? <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> secrets. Cross so, my heart and hope to die. die. I swear
1: these words will never tell another lie. If
0: you could love me like I did before, I time If you just come back to me, I swear no secrets will I keep. No secrets when they the secrets will I keep.
1: Oh my god. Oh she my god. She
0: still memorizes that song. I I don't know. It just like came out of me. I don't know how I still we remember put these. it on. We
1: put it on our way to Malibu today. We put it um, on in the car, and it was like no time had passed.
0: Literally, we used to s- listen to No Secrets on repeat. repeat. I, I, if you guys don't know, I don't. I really don't think they were a big band, or
1: oh, are, are they, they a the band? Old.
0: I have no idea what they are. Yeah, but they're a, girl band. they're a girl group. But like, were they popular? Like, I don't even. I thought they were just in limited two. I, now we're going back to limited no. two. I don't know what <laughs> limited two episode. <laughs> no, but um. No, we went to St. Thomas. I remember, mm-hmm. and we would just jam out to No Secrets. Uh, all. When I think of No Secrets, I think of St. Thomas, really, and when we when were I there, think
1: of Volare. I think of St. You mean the one from Lizzie McGuire movie? Yeah, the one from Liz yeah, McGuire not movie. the mm-hmm. not the Gypsy Kings. This is like a throwback intro. Well, right yeah, now. we're
0: talking about growing up being sisters. That's this is true. the things we did.
1: Yeah, we li- we, listened we listened to, to Volare, Volare and No Secrets and St. Thomas, and ran away from all the iguanas. Okay, I don't want to bring up the iguanas.
0: Okay, sorry. It's a sensitive subject. Yeah. Okay, we'll just touch upon them really quick. Uh, so our mother um, plagued us with this treacherous and irrational fear of lizards.
1: And iguanas.
0: Well, iguanas are lizards. It's
1: true. But they're like jumbo. They're lizards. like jumbo.
0: We, I, I, if I see a lizard, I will have a full-blown full-blown panic attack and people think i'm being again irrational or like over dramatic but it's actually like i get i i can't even think about it without wanting to like cry yeah it's insane you're but you're i've been
1: getting a lot you're getting better
0: because you're obsessed with jurassic park and jurassic park dinosaurs are essentially lizards yeah those are jumbo lizards really
1: weird that i'm obsessed with jurassic park but afraid of lizards they
0: literally look the raptors are are what a lizard looks like yeah I cannot believe we're obsessed. Like you're, you're obsessed with. I Jurassic know, Park. It, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. All right. Well, anyways, um, should
1: we get to the interview? Remember,
0: remember when no. our dad would eat artichokes?
1: I just. Oh my god! I was just. Oh in my god! His I don't know why and he I was just got the that. artichokes, and I ate them like we used to eat them when we were kids. Used, he
0: used to literally sit on the couch. I remember we had this amazing couch. Now we have a shit. No, we have a nice couch, but it's like it's not it's, comfy. It's, yeah, it's not. It's not like a sitting couch. You don't like sink into it's it. You know a good couch? couch. Exactly. So. We – um, he used to sit on this one corner of the couch, like snuggled into the corner and have a head of art – is that what it's called? Yeah. A, head? yeah. a head of artichoke and then like peel off the, the – the, We would eat them
1: raw. The layers
0: and just like eat the bottom part, yeah. the white part. Yeah, we would eat them raw. Oh, my God. I need to start doing that again. They're so good. I, I told- Dad just
1: made me artichoke salad and he he let me eat the –
0: I know, but, but that no, but like that was what we used to do. We used to yeah. eat the white part. Yeah, those were good times. Aw, growing up. Okay. okay.
1: Let's get to the interview, <laughs> guys. You're going to like right, this you're one. You're going to
0: love this. And go! Introducing Carson Meyer, an actress, entrepreneur, and certified birth doula from Malibu, California. She attended NYU, where she pursued studies in child development, art therapy, and alternate alternative medicine. Since graduating, she has become an actress, starring in movies such as Dolly Parton's Coat of Many Colors, uh, SPF 18, just to name a few. Additionally, due to her interest in environmental health and clean cosmetics, Carson recently launched an all-natural and sustainable skincare line called Sea and the Moon. Carson is also a certified doula, dedicating her time to supporting parents through a healthy and peaceful pregnancy, birth, and postpartum period. So without further ado, my dear friend, Carson Meyer. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to OK Sis. How Thank are
2: you? you? I'm good. I'm so happy to be here. My first podcast We're experience. We are privileged to have <laughs> you as our, <laughs> yes. as our first so, podcast goer. i very excited.
0: Um, so Carson and I met at NYU. I actually went there freshman year. I dipped out pretty early. <laughs> but Carson and I became really fast friends. And we've just stayed Close friends ever since. I'm obsessed with her, so I think I'm obsessed with her now too. I know. I I was telling Scout on the way here. I'm like, you guys are going to vibe so great. Like, you guys are both like spiritual and just like a little like calmer. Tell. I'm I'm, I'm just like the loud psycho. Of, we're gonna get along. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get along. <laughs> okay, cool. So let's start off going around with our current fixations. Um, I guess I'll start, yeah, and then we'll go around. It. Um, so my current fixation is Esther Povitsky. I don't know if you guys know her. She's a comedian. She created this TV show called Alone Together with her best friend, Benji Aflalo, and uh, she writes on it. She stars in it, and it's about this, like, codependent relationship with her best guy friend. It's very silly. It's, like, all comedians, crystallias in it, um, and it's amazing. But other than that, she hosts my favorite, favorite, favorite podcast, other than OK Sis, of course, but my other favorite podcast, which is Glowing Up, which is a skincare and makeup podcast but it has this like silly spin to it because it's co-hosted by two comedians her and Caroline Goldfarb and um I just I'm obsessed with this I've never like binged a podcast before have you guys ever binged a podcast yeah you have I didn't think that that was possible because it's just so long so like there was a two-week period where I started from the very beginning and just binged all the way through it was it was a little embarrassing but Anyways, I love her podcast. She's she kind of got me more into skincare than I thought I could ever be. Um, also, she is dating Dave King, who is the creator of Love on Netflix. He also is in a really good podcast called The Great Debates, and I'm just like obsessed with their relationship. So, Esther Pavitsky, you guys should check her out. Awesome comedian.
1: You just plugged so many podcasts. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> know, I'm just I such love a podcast it. girl okay so my current fixation is a little bit more obscure it started with the fact that I've been listening to uh, sympathy for the devil by the Rolling Stones on repeat lately it's one of my favorite songs in the entire world um, the song is told through the devil's perspective of how he got here um, and so interesting side note about me I love a good devil devil motif so for example I'm super into Paradise Lost by John Milton which starts with the devil landing in hell and how he democratizes hell. And I'm really into um, Faustian themes, which is when you sell your soul to the devil to become like an amazing artist. So um, Dr. Faustus by Thomas Mann is he sells his soul to become the best pianist in the world. Um I told you super obscure
0: super random. <laughs> I don't even know how to comment on that. I know.
1: I know it's super weird, but it's it's like a literature motif and music motif that I'm really really into. I don't know why. I think it's cuz I took Brit literature in college. Um so yeah, that song Sympathy for the Devil is on repeat right now, which I just love the Rolling Stones in general. I mean, you like literally can't get better than Mick Jagger. Um <laughs> okay. You always make fun of my current fixations every single <gasps> I'm
2: sorry, time. I'm sorry. <laughs> Keep, keep That's going, what keep I'm going. currently fixating on okay, right okay, now. I know,
1: okay. Judgment over here. Sorry.
2: <laughs> okay. I love the Rolling Stones. Yes, we do. Yeah.
1: Okay, your turn, Carson.
2: Um, okay, so my current fixation is the Little Market. Um, it is a nonprofit that my friend started, a new friend of mine. But I was just couldn't believe I had never shopped a Little Market before. Um, her Hannah Scavarla, and Lauren Conrad actually started it online like five years ago and it's a website where you can buy like I just got a basket bag there that I'm obsessed with really cute gifts for babies so as a doula I'm always lots of babies in my life that I like to gift Um, just you name it like candles gorgeous custom candles great stuff but the best part about it is all the money is going towards women artisans around the world Um, so what they do is they supply these women with jobs um, giving them freedom, a lot of power and, um, independence, the ability to make their own money in a lot of places in the world where, um, women can't leave their children. So they can't, you know, go to a workplace. So they get to work from home and use their skills. And, um, yeah, these, these skills that have been passed on to them through generations, whether it's weaving, um, you name it. And then we, as you know, American consumers who are always buying things anyways. It just makes me feel really good to know that um, my money is going to a good place and that the products I'm buying are made with love. So I've heard of
1: this. I was on Lauren Conrad's Instagram a long time ago, and I saw that she was tagged in.
2: So I looked into it and it looks amazing. It is amazing. And they're actually opening up a store in the Palisades um, next to my sister, Jen Meyer's store, which I'm equally excited for. Um, so I'm between those two stores. I'm just going to be like going back and forth all day long, but they have great stuff. And I just, I love the ethos behind it. Definitely. And I just think it's a model that we should all be moving towards. I love that. Me too. That's amazing. Me
0: too. Um, Carson, do you still knit? I, well, <laughs> she, she used to knit I boots do in <laughs> college. That's I incredible. I wanted to be like Carson so bad. I I taught myself how to knit. <laughs> you were too funny.
2: We, yeah, it lasted a day. We did knit a boob, where we knit would knit boob. cashmere breasts for women with breast cancer. Oh. Um, for some women who couldn't afford to get reconstructive surgery, or um, couldn't get reconstructive surgery, where you could put it in your in your bra, and it was just like a lot cozier than the synthetic kind of breasts that they would give you. Mm-hmm. Also, as a talking point for women to like reintroduce the breast to their children or their partners. Something that had been associated with such trauma and, yeah, sickness. and it's beautiful. So it was an amazing organization, but I, I love to knit. And I knit a lot of other things, not just boobs. <laughs> 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 but I haven't. I've been so busy and haven't really been knitting. But I recently cleaned out my childhood bedroom and found a lifetime supply of yarn. My mom was like, this is sick. You need to get a grip. Like, there is so much yarn in your room. She was make, trying to make me throw it out. I'm like, no, You're like, no.
0: I remember when we came we came back from like winter break, and you had just uh, y- your entire dorm was was yeah, yarn. It's a and I was like, that's how my did you bring
2: this year? Is yarn? <laughs> Wait,
1: we need to get knitted sweaters that say OK sis" on them. Can yeah. you make that, Maddie? No, <laughs> no, okay. The
2: sweater There's, thing is hard.
0: That's um, so hard. I couldn't even do a scarf, but that's just like a one line. <laughs> Oh, God. I just did it more so because it's it's, a, it's actually a really nice thing to do while you're watching TV instead of just, like, yeah, on your I phone. See mm-hmm. It's see that. Because you – like, these days we just want to, like, be on our phones
2: or something with our hands, yeah.
0: whereas you could just watch the TV and knit and you don't have to, like, be on your phone. It's actually really relaxing. It was relaxing.
2: actually something – and my grandma was a big knitter, so I, I learned a little through her and then kind of through high school we had, like, knitting clubs. I did it a lot. But – and then, you know, I, I would drop it here and there. But my first year at NYU when we met – um. Moving to a big city, being going from like a little public school in Malibu to like all of a sudden this like very rigorous, huge private school um, in New York, I had so much anxiety. I always had anxiety, but for the first time it was like overwhelming um, and I couldn't focus. I just, you know, call it like the shift mm-hmm. from high school to college was really hard on me um, and I found myself gravitating towards my knitting needles mm-hmm. And I would bring them to class, and it was the only way I could focus through class. That's oh, you amazing. would knit during class? Yes. And oh so my I would God. knit through the lectures because college is so just so different. Like I didn't know what to do with myself in these classes, and um, I didn't have that intimacy that I felt in high school. And so I I just would knit, and that would just kind of like keep me keep my heart rate down, and keep me focused, and keep me in class. To be honest, and then um, one day I got this email from a teacher I'll never forget, and the subject line was knitting and I was like fuck he's gonna tell me see I cussed on the podcast I told you we we knew it was gonna (laughs) happen Um, (laughs) I was like he's gonna uh take away like he's gonna tell me like it's disrespectful or I can't do it and he said I love watching you knit in class I'm so impressed I'm a knitter myself (laughs) (laughs) that (laughs) is so cute my heart is so sweet but anyway that was kind of like a big thing that got me into studying art therapy and looking into alternative forms of of like mental health practices and to me that it was very therapeutic and it kind of opened my eyes to ways that we can kind of better heal ourselves. And so knitting
1: for anxiety. I, I've never heard that. I think that's so awesome. I love hearing new anxiety ticks and tips and tricks just because I also suffer from anxiety. So when something, especially when it comes to art, I think art therapy is so rad and I love that you use knitting to calm your nerves in class. That's really awesome. And it's
2: something you can do socially. I mean, sometimes, but at a party. Yeah, it's one of those I think for me a technique that you can do, you know, while you're in class or, you know, take a little break at the computer or like going to a cafe. Like it's something that travels on the airplane. We and should I get know. into knitting.
0: Well, I was into it and then they have I forget a, they now. They have how a how to knitting
1: um store at the last bookstore downtown. Yes. On the top level, yes. there's a little knitting store.
2: Okay. And there's Let's wool in the gang. Which you guys should look up. I've heard of them. Very cool. They have amazing stuff that you can buy already, like pre-knit, or kits. So if you're learning, it comes with a pattern, the right size needle, and really beautiful yarn.
0: Cool. We got to get on that.
1: So how did you start getting into alternative methods of healing?
2: Um, Well, I think the knitting was a big part of it. Um, I grew up with a mom who was really open to kind of showing me other ways of of managing my anxiety and, and my health, whether it be nutrition and, um, just different modalities of, of alternative medicine. Um, but yeah, I think really it was my first acting class along with the knitting, which was also my freshman year in college. Um, I came back here and took my first acting class and was just in awe of how acting was kind of this vessel, much like knitting but for people to explore their inner selves um, communicate with others express themselves Um, I just thought it was beautiful and I saw the deep healing that was happening in these classes and it was so much more than a performance I mean it was just it was true self kind of work on on the self and, and I just was it opened my eyes to a whole new perspective and that's what led me to start taking classes at NYU
0: so I think that transitions kind of into our first question like tell us about your childhood kind of I mean you mentioned how it led you to acting but you have such a unique background like how did that weren't you like scared of acting or like
2: was that a world that you really wanted to join yeah I didn't think I wanted to join it for a really long time until I was in college um I grew up in LA with um, you know, in a family, a Hollywood family, um, and I, as much as I was surrounded by actors and my family, my friends, you know, all, everyone around me was in the industry, um, I really didn't know what it was and what it meant. I think I was also really exposed to the business side and not really the creative side. Um, I'm really glad that I didn't become interested in acting before I was in college. I think, well, I know it can be a very difficult, um, challenging journey that takes a lot of kind of strength and uh confidence and kind of like this ability to navigate the tides. Um and I don't think I would have had those tools had I been any younger. Um but yeah I, I did not think I didn't know what it was, which is funny because I was like right right here in LA um I had no idea like it was such an amazing craft and so much more than than this business side that I was exposed to so yeah I was scared at first and I think everyone around me was like oh no (laughs) don't do it (laughs) but yeah I just it was really cool to see like the people that would came out and and supported that passion and mentored me through it so what's been your favorite acting project so far that's a hard question. they've all been so special i've or something memorable. I mean, I prefer doing films because of this anxiety that we speak of. <laughs> <laughs> but i've I've gone to Williamstown. I'd spent twelve weeks in the Berkshires doing theater there, which was my first experience doing theater um I loved it so much. That was really special, and I learned a lot. Um, I did a play last year, which was probably the most difficult <laughs> thing I've ever done, but it was um, so rewarding. Um, and then SPF 18 was really fun because we shot here in Malibu. We'll talk and about that later. Yeah, and I know you have a, a <laughs> special crush. Um, Foreshadow, But also "Code of Many Colors, like Dolly Parton, you're obsessed, obsessed with Dolly Parton. Obsessed, I always have been. So to be to play her older sister in in her biopic was obviously a huge dream. Um, yeah, it's been ame- I worked with Sam Taylor Johnson and Aaron Taylor Johnson on a million little pieces recently, which is coming out soon. Um, also been a dream of mine because I'm such a fan of both of their work. So that was really cool. So yeah. they're making a movie out of that book they are wow
1: that took them a yeah, while yeah i know right yeah. you think that there
2: would have been one earlier but i think with all the controversy it yeah kind of fell apart and sam jumped on it and she's a fantastic director also working with a female director is like was that your first time it was yeah play directors i'd worked with females okay um in theater but in yeah in kind of the the movie tv world it was and I mean, also working with Sam and Aaron, who are married, watching mm. them together, from actor and director, and that relationship and the collaboration, it was really, really beautiful.
0: That's awesome. Um, okay. We're going to shift to doula. Yay. Doula. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when I, I remember when we were both living near Larchmont. Carson uh, and I took a flywheel class, and we went to coffee after. And you were like, "Oh yeah, I'm a doula," and I was like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "What? What is it? What one? What is a doula?" Two, like where? Like what is happening? Where did this come from? I find it so fascinating. So tell us everything. Okay.
2: How much time do we have? <laughs> Start with what
0: is a doula okay. because I don't think people really understand.
2: Yeah. No. It's a. It's a common. Question and also misconception, Mm. I think. Um, A doula is someone who helps a woman, a birth doula. There's two different types of doulas, Mm. birth, postpartum. um, But birth doulas, which is what the work I do, is helping women through pregnancy, labor, childbirth, um, advocates for women um, in those situations Mm. and positions. And just as a a source of support, whether it's holding space, educating through childbirth education, being a, a resource for questions, connecting Parents to um other kind of professionals in the field who can answer those questions uh the w- the word birth doula actually means slave to a woman mm. um it's a Greek word, and I always think that's like an interesting place to start when describing what a doula is because a doula wears many hats um but essentially in that time, I am a slave to my client in a beautiful way, you know, and I know that word obviously is. It's not a, a, does not have a positive connotation, but, um, I'm at service to a woman in this like amazing time when she's bringing life into the world. And I find it to be the, the time when a woman, uh, presents her greatest strengths and is at her strongest. Um, and I am kind of just there as a, a support person, um, whether it's, and this is a, a common misconception that doulas are all only like out in the woods when you're birthing, like, <laughs> you know, in nature or at home. But I find that I'm actually the most valuable when I'm in a hospital. Mm. Um, some of my clients get epidurals. Some of my clients get C-sections. So I support women through all types of births. Um, a, b- a big part of what I do is help educate women on their choices. And the, the possible interventions that can come up in labor, mm-hmm. and how you can make informed decisions about your rights as a, a woman and to your body. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of the gist of it. And so doulas, yeah, they support all types of births at all places, you know, with or without epidurals. Um, I also there's. I want to bring up something because I think this is interesting a lot of people don't know about but I also became a full spectrum doula mm. which is a doula that supports women through the full spectrum of pregnancy and that can include loss mm. so I think that's a, an important kind of light that we don't always shine so that can mean abortion, miscarriage You know. Wow, so, so how did you get into all of this? What kind of piqued your interest to become a doula? Uh... It was a mix of things. There was a documentary called The Business of Being Born. And I saw it when I was in college. I don't remember. I wish I remembered, ha- like, who told me to see it or if it was a class. But I remember being in my apartment, the one on 6th Street, one afternoon watching this documentary and hysterically crying. Like, could not get a hold of myself. I And that never happens to me in movie. Like, I'm pretty – it's hard to get me like that. And – I was so touched by like I'd never seen I'd never seen labor before. Most of us go our entire lives as women not knowing anything about what our bodies can do, not knowing anything about the process of giving birth. And and for me, I was like, oh, like I always had this kind of look at it, like oh, this is, that sounds horrible, you know. And I just I watched this these footage of women laboring, and I was like, this is women are. S- I had just a newfound respect for for women and and our wonderful kind of like magical bodies and in nature and this world it like blew my mind anyway that and then I was also like I think the other half of me was crying because I just was so horrified to to learn about kind of this country's evolution of how we've m- dealt with women um medically don't get me started but how the medical community and politics and all of that has played a role in controlling women's rights and bodies. And, um, you know, al- there's a lot of work that still needs to be done. But we live in a, not so long ago, if we ask our grandparents what it was like to give birth to our parents, I mean, some of them were put out, twilight sleep. A lot of them don't remember. They weren't allowed to have their husbands or partners in the room. So it's like that is just it was mind-blowing to learn that there like the abuse that was also taking place. Um so I was kind of like equally like horrified and and torn to pieces and like so upset to learn about what was happening um and then also just blown away and you know, and just like had chills of, of joy and excitement, actually, for the first time about it. Um, anyway, so that that opened my eyes. I remember calling my sisters being like, you did this. <laughs> you did this. Yeah. I was like, they're like, what? What's really? They didn't believe that. I, that's why I was crying. Like they thought there was something else I was hiding. I was like, no, like and they were like, oh, yeah, yeah we did this. Like I just couldn't. It was anyway. Yeah. That documentary was like my first like door open into the birth world. Um, Then I moved back here. I was acting, looking for something to focus my time on and keep me sane while (laughs) I was um, kind of going through the auditioning process, which can be draining. And I met a midwife at a birthday party with Jonathan, my boyfriend, and who was a friend of his, and literally cornered her all night. I was like, (laughs) tell me everything about what you do. And she told me she started as a doula, and told me really what a doula was, and so I took my training the next day.
1: That's amazing! Oh my God. you know what you would love? Yeah, I was just in New York, I think in March maybe, and the MoMA had a whole exhibit of photographs on a huge oh, wall. Yeah, I heard about that, and it was all women giving labor. Yeah. So you like see children at different stages, like exiting yeah. their mother's bodies, and you see like them pre, oh post, yes. during, and it's. I was so fascinated because as you said it's not something that we see all the time we never never see that and i was totally it's almost taboo for us to
2: like know about it talk about it you know we all have sex ed and we learn like the birds and the beads but we don't we we do not like as women too like we don't really collectively get together like we should and talk about this incredible thing that It goes on all day long and none of us none of us are prepared like I if I got
0: pregnant I wouldn't know what to do or and it's something that most of us are going to have to go through yeah and it's true like we don't really speak about the we don't we're not educated on like the the steps we're supposed to take or things to make sure that we're healthy like I, I have no
2: idea and I think that's why um our cesarean rates got so high in this country um it's because we we've gone and gotten into these situations where we really don't know what's best for us um and we've started trusting and doctors obviously are an essential part of the process so i'm not saying that i like we're trusting doctors like they provide us with with safety and so much but um we get in these situations where we we don't know our options so if a doctor proposes something that might be best for the hospital or maybe his or her schedule um you know we we don't know how to to really decipher like what is an emergency and how to look at it as like what we we put all of our trust into somebody else, and we haven't really learned how to use our own authority in something that's very personal.
0: What do you think has been the most satisfying thing
2: about being a doula? Oh, I mean absolutely it's like watching the m- mother and father like see their baby for the first time mm-hmm. and I think also having clients tell me like just how um how much they loved having a doula. I think that's obviously that's the most rewarding to me is when I have clients kind of like look me in the eye and be like, thank you. I, I don't know if I could have done this without you. And I know they always could, but (laughs) it just feels really, it's super rewarding to know that my work is, is helping somebody else and making other people feel good and even if it's not my clients but when i meet people that are like my doula was everything to me like just that alone makes me so happy i want a
0: doula you would. everyone should have yeah, a doula
1: you should have a doula
0: i for should sure. totally have
1: a doula <laughs> i have the worst baby fever it's really bad you do yeah
2: it's about it's time. Yeah, you're... <laughs> old t- are 26, 27? I'm, I'm saying like that. Almost 27. Yeah, it's it time. It happens. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> 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 we all get it. Um, but, you,
0: but you also have clients where you stay with them after the birth, right? Yeah, so d- I mean Is, I is s- it just tailored to what they want, what the so package...
2: So a postpartum doula is uh, a doula who primarily works in after after birth care. So you, like in the, the weeks or months postpartum. Yeah. Um, I've done a little postpartum doulaing. It's harder for my schedule. It just requires more days of the week. Um and it's just a different skill set. It's more time with the baby, which is obviously heaven. Um and helping the mo- the mother and family in whichever way they need. But they're in my experience completely different roles. Um but both focused on the same idea of supporting a f- a, a mother and family in these has anyone
0: been skeptical because you haven't been through pregnancy? It's a have good question. Yeah.
2: Um, I have, like, in interviews, people ask me that. And, and I've ac- actually thought about it myself. Like, and how can I tell someone what to do or how to feel or what's normal or what to expect when I've never experienced it myself? Um, but I do think that there is value in that. I'd never come in with my own experience or expectations or projections. I... I mean, just the way I kind of approach it is a mother's intuition always knows best. So even if I had six kids, it doesn't matter. You know, birth is not one birth is ever, 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 ever the same ever. So it wouldn't matter. You know, like my experience is my experience and their experience is their experience. And birth is one of those things that is so specific to the experience that, yeah, to each birth and, and very individual. So I kind of, I actually like that I don't have my own experience to kind of draw from. And instead I have an experience of watching many different births and different women.
0: Um, and, I, you co- and you come at it at, at, at such a more like intellectual level, like a more research-based level, I yeah, feel like. Yeah, I've
2: done the training, you know, so yeah. it, my, my knowledge comes from, from a, yeah, a different angle. I mean, experience is obviously an amazing way to gain knowledge um i just i do think because birth no two births are the same i don't think it it's necessary and also traditionally interestingly enough like in our if you look back on history midwives and doulas they actually were usually the women who didn't have children um which is interesting and now there's obviously great doulas who do both but uh, my mentor Lori Bregman who's fantastic she doesn't have any kids and um i think there's a lot of really great doulas out there who don't have kids of their own um and draw from that same kind of wisdom of knowing that no no matter what they experience it would never um it would never and should never inform what's going on with their client. So how does one become a doula? Like what's the training? What is the certif cer- certification like? How does that work? Um well to technically to be a doula, anyone can do it. No one's gonna check your, your badge at the door. Um and some people learn through apprenticeship, mentorship, watching people. Um, I'm a rule follower and I also, <laughs> I love a good class. So I'm big on formal training. I went to Beanie Birth in Burbank and was taught by this amazing woman named Anna Paula Markel. Uh, she trains most of the doulas in LA. She's fantastic. And so I did a intensive workshop with her. Um, and then I got certified through Dona International, and that's an agency that certifies doulas. Um, that certification process is essays, the training, um, taking a childbirth education class, um, taking a lactation class, uh, attending three births, and getting evaluated by the doctors and the clients, which is actually one of those things where you like have to do it before you're cert- certified, so you have to find the births. Doing your first birth is like, the craziest thing ever because you're like I've never done this before I've never seen a birth before I need to see births and be a part of births and doula a birth to get certified um so who's gonna (laughs) who's gonna let me do that (laughs) and I remember going up to um the the teacher after my training and was like okay can I go shadow like who who can I shadow how can I watch a birth like from and she's like you don't watch a birth go doula you took the class like go do it and then, you know, go get certified through that experience. So I, d- I did my first three births all on my own as a doula, um, not having, having seen any live birth before. Um, and then reported those to the certification and got certified through that process. That so is it's so cool. Not everyone gets certified. That's also important to know. There is a lot of doulas out there who don't get certified and they're they're great. It doesn't necessarily mean you're less qualified. Um, it just means you don't, you know, pay a yearly fee to have something next to your name. But I, I like being certified. It kind of makes me feel more confident. Um, and that I, I like having Dona on my, t- as like a resource for me. So, how do you find mothers to bees? Like, how do you kind of pull out your clientele roster list? Yeah. So, the first one, which is always. That was for me. I was like, who's going to want me to doula? I've never done it before. <laughs> um, I found I. Li- this is so crazy. I met her in the elevator of my building, that one in Largemont. <laughs> so that was where you meet some in the elevator. Um, I actually work as a doula at Loom. Have you guys heard of Loom? No. Is that just like a doula network? It's a, a community center started by this woman, Erica, who another one of my many women crushes uh she started this center for it's i guess primarily focused towards fertility pregnancy uh, motherhood but also they do like sex classes and period classes you guys should check out the period class it's amazing that she teaches awesome. it yes so cool I'm but check down. out loom it's this is loom on instagram um but they they provide amazing resources for women. They have acupuncturists there who's my acupuncturist. Um, and just they, d- they have get togethers, meetings, events. They really just are they bring the community together in the best way. Um, very inclusive and just a wonderful group of women. Anyway, I am one of their doulas. So people will call Loom to look for doulas and support in other areas and they refer me out. So I also underwent some training with Erica. Mm-hmm. Who's another fantastic doula who doesn't have kids. That is, that's
0: such an interesting trend. That really is. I love that, though. Me too. It kind of yeah. makes sense. I, yeah. Now that you say it, it makes way more sense to me. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Now we're gonna talk about seeing the moon. You just have so many facets to your life. There's just so much going on. Maddie's been waiting for this. <laughs> no, see in the moon. Oh,
1: never mind. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you meant the movie. No, 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 okay. Oh, oh, that's, that's coming. That's coming. coming. That's coming. That's coming. More. No,
0: see, see first the First year moon.
1: creation. See in the
0: moon. See in the moon is Carson's skincare line. So talk to us a little bit about that. How did it come to fruition? I mean, as a consumer, it is Uh, amazing and i was telling you this like i when i try products i'm just like "Eh, okay i don't know if it's gonna like really work or how it's gonna feel when you put on this it's a body scrub when you put it on it your body feels like butter afterwards Mm -hmm. i'm not kidding i'm not kidding i was like what it's
2: like it's like a baby's butt in your entire body i need some oh you need it
0: it's incredible okay sorry Talk about Thank it. Thank you.
2: <laughs> Your stamp of approval means a lot because I know you do a lot of testing of products. <laughs> um, yeah, so I started making body scrubs in my kitchen many years ago because growing up with my mom environmentalist and worked for the NRDC and always was kind of like on the cutting edge of what was going on in with chemical exposure pesticides all of this. I was I was infiltrated with information at a young age, which I'm I'm really grateful for. Um but I remember learning from her and her peers kind of what we were being exposed to in cosmetics far before people started talking about it. And so I would make a lot of my own products. Um so I would, I started making a body scrub at home literally like out of stuff that was in my pantry. And then of course like Christmas would roll around and I would forget to buy my family gifts and so I'd be like, Oh, I'm just gonna make everyone scrub. So it just was like that go to gift, um, things I would give friends, make for myself. And then it became kind of like a cult family and friends item. My dad and my brother, who are like these very macho dudes, <laughs> fell in love with the scrub. I love They're that. they love it so much. They are kind of my biggest fans. So I was like, if guys like this, you know, maybe some, some more guys and girls will like it. Um, and it was really my little brother who pushed me to start selling it. He, and he tried it and he's like very entrepreneurial and kind of thinks bigger than I tend to. And he was like, well, you got to do this. And I think becoming a doula, I saw more and more as we were t- just talking about that, um, we really don't have all the information and so many people don't know, um, kind of the, the risks and the, what certain exposures to certain chemicals can do for you and your baby's health so that was a big incentive for me to kind of start doing this but I, I did I was mixing it in my kitchen and I kind of was like okay I'll try selling it went really well and this past year I've spent re rebuilding the business reformulating doing it the right way and it's here so it's exciting. So where can one of our listeners buy this? On my website at moon.com. It's the letter C, C for Carson. Um, and so it's online. It's also right now on sale at Burrow in Malibu, Santa my Monica. favorite
0: chachki store. It's a
2: great gift store, gift shop. I was so excited when they wanted to carry it. Um, where else? The Malibu Beach House down by trancus and also uh, One Gun Ranch at the Pier, which is by Malibu Farms. You should sell it at Pigment in San Diego. I know,
0: yeah. If you ever want to, if you ever want to expand San Diego, good. Pigment idea. is a really—it's okay. like a borough-esque type of yeah. It's store. really cute. It's so cute.
2: Yeah, there's so many great like boutique and really beautifully curated stores so I'm i of love of that it's all in malibu though right now, yeah, right now it I'm, seems like so
0: perfect for you it
2: is i'm kind of like growing little by little and and you can buy it online but i do love it's like a malibu you come to malibu with part of the experience oh, <laughs> um so i mean you're a doula you're an actress you have the skincare
0: line like how are you balancing this all like what does one take priority over the other like what is going on <sighs> with all those three? <laughs> <laughs> They're so different.
2: Um, it is. It's hard. And sometimes I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this to myself? But I love them. And they all they all complement each other in one way or another. Um, I really, I know it sounds just like, I guess, I don't know, cliche or silly. But, like, they all fulfill me. Um, it is a lot of work. And when days I'm o- overwhelmed, I'm like, oh, what would it be like to just have one of these things <laughs> to focus on or do. And, you know, I think the nature of that, you do have to split it up. And I'm, I'm sure I, I know I neglect certain roles at times. Um, but I, I just, I think the more I can be open to relying on help from others. And that's, what's so wonderful about starting a business is realizing that it takes a, it takes a village. It takes a community. Um, and, collaboration is so important and knowing when to ask for help so that's that's a journey that I'm kind of taking part in and and entering is kind of like learning when to when to know my limitations
0: do you Have you ever asked your sister for any help? Oh, my gosh,
2: yeah. yeah. Both of them. I mean, my sister, Sarah, started a, ro- a caviar company called Roe Caviar. Oh, wait, really? So cool. Do you know Roe Caviar? I think I do. You should check it out. It's amazing. So yummy. And also just, like, really beautifully um, designed boxes. Reusable, which makes me very happy. Um, her and her husband and partners as well started it. And it's just, like, a great gift. They deliver it right away when you when you order online, um, check them out, row. So both my sisters are business owners and, and founders. Uh, but yeah, they've both been amazing. Jen, especially kind of like going into more of the retail side has just been so amazingly supportive and I'll call her at like all hours of the day and night and ask her you know, questions that I didn't even think that I would had. Um, and she's always, they're both always there for me. So I'm really lucky amazing yeah
0: okay is it time to talk about what i want to say okay girl go girl okay okay okay. so to all the listeners as i mentioned on the first episode (laughs) i am currently fixated on this movie called to all the boys i loved before and i'm more so fixated on the main character noah centineo now as I was doing my, like, weekly stalking of him, I saw that he was in this other movie called SPF 18, which I know Miss Carson is in. So I started screaming at the TV. I was like, I need to watch this. Oh, my God. I watched it last weekend. The first scene is Carson just making out with Noah Centineo <laughs> left and right. Like, I am Floored. I'm just free. I'm like shivering in my seat. I'm like, what is happening? I wanted to text you so bad, but I was like, I'm gonna wait for the podcast. This needs yeah, to happen this, on this the podcast. Perfect.
2: Okay. So, tell us my everything. question this is my true claim to my, fame. My is question. Noah <laughs> is it, wait, no, is it wait. is it Centiano? wait. Is it sent Centineo? Centineo. Okay. Sorry, okay. Centi- I, I said was it like, right. wait. Am I saying? No. One? You. It's uh, gonna be your last name, so you should know. <laughs> no. So
0: the question is, what is it like to kiss him? <laughs> She's like, you're nuts. <laughs> Let's see what? how this one goes down. Noah is very sweet. That was such a great is... way
2: to ballpark her. On He's the a sweetheart. Um, but I, I mean, kissing someone on set, yeah. on set, on screen, it's never a real kiss. You know, they're like, do it again a yeah. little bit more with the oh. light on your face this way. So romantic. Um, <laughs> we. He, is he nice? He's so sweet, and yeah. we had the best time, and there was such a great cast we would like go camping on the weekends and hang out so and it was it's that's what happens when you you know you do a movie you kind of become this little family and you get really tight and i actually haven't seen him in so long or talked to him in a while but you do like you my boyfriend knows the perfect time to make make noises <laughs> in the other room. i swear he has full sorry i'm changing the subject the other day, this, like, guy was, like, out, and he's, like, oh, like, I'd love to photograph, you know, doing the whole thing. He's, like, this photographer, kind of, and he's, like, can I uh, get your number? Like, can I? And so, my boyfriend calls right at that moment. Like, he always knows, knows when friend. you're talking it's about so other boys. <laughs> crazy. Like, this guy's, are, like, fully hitting on me, and he just called for no reason. Anyway, he just <laughs> did again. Hilarious. He does. He has, like, we have, he has this, like six cents. He's, like, um, anyway, Noah's adorable. I love him. He's a cutie. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm good. sorry. I know you want to. She has no tea. She has no tea
0: for us. Yeah, oh well. It's
2: okay. Um it's still pretty cool. I mean, he's doing great. He's feeling I'm really stoked for him. Yeah. I like yeah. He's he's a catch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I've slid into his DMs. Sometimes. have you and anything
2: <laughs> no no He. Uh, I he by the way making... he doesn't even follow me I'm like oh, okay I, I saw kissed. That t- <laughs> yeah.
0: we've kissed okay <laughs> we've kissed okay yeah. okay yeah um no I slid into his dms like just to be silly and then I listened to a podcast and he was like the the girl was like oh I'm sure you're getting so many dms like do you look at them he's like no way and I was like
1: Okay, great. Aww. You're that girl. You're that girl I'm and he doesn't so check in no
2: But well, I'm that girl too. He doesn't he doesn't <laughs> follow me, so <laughs> <I'm> <laughs>
0: fine. Oh okay. my god. This was so fun. This is so
2: fun, Carson. You are amazing. Ready.
0: I know it's I know. so fun. I know. Oh. Tell everyone guys. know where they can find you. Oh yes.
2: Plug yourself. Oh. You have mm-hmm. all I know so you, many things.
0: Yes, all the Instagrams. Okay.
2: My personal Instagram is at Cece Meyer in the moon instagram is at c in the moon uh scrub can be bought at www.c in the and if you're interested in learning more about my doula work www.carson well sorry carson dash meyer.com
1: <laughs> and we'll put all of that in the show notes okay. if anybody's interested awesome and you can follow me at scout sobel that's s-c-o-u-t-s-o-b-e-l and you can follow sis at OKCIS Podcast. Are we plugging ourselves
0: every episode? Yeah. Oh, okay. If you want to (laughs) follow me in my psycho stories, (laughs) mine mine is Maddie Mayo. I think you guys should know how to spell that by now.
1: It's only the third episode. It's only the third episode. You're right. You're right.
2: (laughs) Okay, thank you so much. Thank Thank you, guys. guys. Love you. Bye, sisters.